Hey there, everybody, and you're listening to Nerd Alert Girls, and this is me, Jen with a G, as in girls, because what do you know? You're listening to Nerd Alert Girls, just like I said. I wasn't lying to you, folks. Now, before I begin, I'd like to want to take a moment to say that as a resident of Los Angeles County, that I acknowledge my presence, including virtual, on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of indigenous people who are variously referred to as the Gabrielino slash Tungva people and Quiche Nation. That being said, yeah, so we got another interesting segment for you today, one that I'm personally excited by and that I've been begging the others to take part of. But as you know, June is Pride Month. And as an advocate, ally, and I suppose member of the LGBTQ plus community, I knew we had to do this. Like, um, there's just so much to talk about, and I just wasn't quite sure what to choose from. So I'd like to begin by saying that, unfortunately, in mainstream superhero movies, the MCU, you don't see gay, lesbian, transgender, asexual, what have you characters. In fact, Marvel's doing its best to actually kind of ease into it from what I understand. For instance, we saw in Avengers Endgame after five years when Thanos did his snap and Cap was leading like a therapy group that this one guy was talking about how he went on a date with a man and how they bonded over their grief. A little moment that kind of blew up all over the internet where some people are like, yeah, oh my gosh, finally, finally. And you got others who are like, that's it? Really, Marvel? That's what you're giving us? Yeah, that's called throwing us a bone? Nah. And me, I was delightfully pleased, more so in the fact that it's finally happening. Because on the one hand, like, I really want the LGBTQ representation to be extremely efficient and just done right. And if that means easing into it, then I'll attempt to be a little more patient with Marvel. I'll try not to sling and slander because I know there's a lot of film politics that go along with making a movie in the first place up caroline actually explained it to me about how you know when you market a movie you gotta be careful what you say or do because some countries might outright ban your movie and not watch it which could hurt sales on a business level i get it on a personal level i'm like let our voices be heard you know and You know, even before I discovered my own sexuality, which I will get into a little later, I've always been an advocate and ally. I've, I don't know, I never saw it different for two girls to fall in love, two guys to fall in love, you know? I don't know. I've always been accepting, even though I was raised very sheltered and was kind of grown into this heteronorm society and household. But anyways, I've never really noticed that there was any superheroes who were part of the LGBTQ plus community. And unfortunately, I've only just recently started finding them in comics. Now, I noticed that most of the characters I come across who are a part of the LGBTQ community tend to be minor characters. Like uh, one of Miss Marvel's best friends is a lesbian. Then you've got Cindy Moon, whose co-workers, two lady co-workers, by the way, get together and are even considering marriage and i think honestly now that i think about it i think the first uh queer superhero that i've seen and known about in marvel was deadpool as some of you may know as pansexual and if you don't know what pansexual means 
it means you are sexually attracted to well anyone of any gender and we see that in deadpool's comics how he just he kind of flirts with everyone and everything i mean people he had a fling with death let that sink in like granted uh, death is feminine and a total lady but well she's death also you know it's it's interesting and i know Deadpool has had flings with other characters who aren't even considered human. So that's just a taste of pansexuality there. But there's a couple that we've never even heard of, most of which I've never even heard of, unfortunately. In fact, there's this one website that I found on this website called The Advocate that's called LGBT Superheroes and Villains. And it gives a general list of, as you may have guessed, superheroes and villains in the LGBTQ plus community. Now, they offer 52, and this was published back in 2015, so we don't have a complete list. So I remember when I first found this, I was like, wait, where's Loki? I know for a fact that he's gender fluid, which is confirmed by writers and was just recently confirmed that he's bi in the latest episode of Loki. So it's kind of an old list, and I know there's definitely different characters every day, but, you know, it was a good start to start looking. Just off the top of my head that characters that I've personally read about that are part of the LGBTQ community tend to be in the Young Avengers, where you got America Chavez, a Hispanic lesbian female character who has super strength, can fly, and create interdimensional portals. She's very sassy, and she's very tough. And man, she's just one of those girls you do not mess with. But she loves very fiercely and very passionately. It's just, she's pretty cool. Unfortunately, she's a rarely new character, so there's not much about about her out there. But remember her name, America Chavez. One of the first, if not the first, comic book character who is a Latina queer character who has her own series. So that being said, LGBTQ plus representation in Marvel could use a little work in the movies. In the comics, apparently, we've got... Like, all kinds of characters we can read about. I mean, I'm looking at that list, and unfortunately I don't recognize a lot of these characters. And granted, this is a list with DC and Marvel. And would you know that this is an interesting fact? DC was actually the first one to create a gay character. His name is Midnighter. I don't know much about him other than he's sort of like a private detective slash superhero type. Kind of like a Jessica Jones. So he's the first gay superhero character that we know of. But here's something that Marvel did do. They're the ones who had an out gay character. So yeah, even though Midnighter was the first gay character and you see him have like flings with men. We have it recorded that Marvel's first openly gay character is a man named North Star. He's... A character who appears in the X-Men series, and he's part of a superhero team called Alpha Flight. So this is a hero who has the ability to travel at superhuman speeds, fly, and project phototonic energy blasts. He has a twin sister named Aurora, and he's been a member of the X-Men since joining the team of mutants back in 2002. So... North Star, from what I understand, is pretty awesome as a character and as just a man in general. And hey, another fact about him, not only is he the first openly gay superhero in American comic books, 
But his marriage to Kyle Janadu actually depicted the first same-sex wedding in mainstream comics. This can be found in Astonishing X-Men number 51 back in June 2012. A little late in my opinion, but honestly, it's so much better than I expected. At least we're having proper depictions of same-sex gay marriage. So, all right, Marvel, all right, way to break those barriers, way to get it done. But I remember reading that and I was a little ecstatic, like, yeah, you go, guys. Yeah, you go, guys. You know, just so happy. But anyway, just a couple of examples of Marvel LGBTQ plus characters. Like, you have Ultimate Colossus in the X-Men series, who's gay and who actually has a platonic friendship with North Star. And, you know, when I read through this list, I realized that most of the characters tend to be part of mutants or X-Men. Comics, which I've never read and I'm not familiar with the movies. But I'm kind of curious now, so I might look into that. So yeah, we got characters like Colossus, North Star. We got Mystique, like I said, Loki, America Chavez. And two characters who is the basically the reason why I wanted to talk today. Wiccan and Hulkling, a.k.a. Billy Kaplan and Teddy Altman. They are incredible, folks. They are a pair in the Young Avengers series. For those of you who know, Wiccan is actually the son of the Scarlet Witch. Him and his brother, twins, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, sound a little familiar, huh? Yeah, WandaVision. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm, so Billy, like his mom, has magical abilities. Just, he is awesome, very powerful, a lot of untapped magic that tends to create a lot of anxiety and depression within him and unfortunately gets him hulkling and the other young avengers into trouble more often than not but he's got a good heart and he's got a good head on his shoulders then you got hulkling teddy who i don't know much about background personally but from what i understand he's a shapeshifter from outer space and just one of the coolest characters out there like, he, he's called Hulkling for a reason because, like, his normal form, I guess, is, like, this giant, like, this muscular green humanoid that, like, has claws, blonde hair, and even wings sometimes. He's super cool, you know? Now, these two characters, usually when people think about Marvel, like, LGBTQ characters and relationships, these two definitely come up. Because Hulkling and Wiccan have been in a relationship almost since they met each other. And unfortunately, I can't give you the issue where they first meet. But I'll just say, it doesn't matter when they started, they are here to stay, folks. And even though they're unfortunately among the only LGBTQ couples in the Marvel Universe, they are a wholesome one, folks. They are wholesome and healthy. So... There's this one website that I'll send a link into later that where this writer of this blog just comes up with a lot of firsts and you see the two of them bonding from their first date to their first real commitment. And it's honestly so wonderful, you know, because this writer shows all of it. Like, of course, first kisses, first dates and such are all wonderful, but well... 
The writer also mentions their first fight, too. You know, just showing that couples have their ups and downs. You know, it's not... It's it's never going to be perfect, folks. But the thing about that I love the most about these two is that they're definitely trying to work on each other and they care so much about each other that they they go through so many odds and they go through so many adventures together they trust each other and it's just they work through their issues they talk to each other they have such a healthy wholesome fulfilling relationship with each other folks seriously it's just it's incredible so my gosh i first started hearing about the young avengers maybe a couple months before wandavision showed up so i knew about wiccan already and i was just like really happy to know that there were queer characters in marvel because at the time i didn't know of many if at all you know so hearing about billy and well magical user i'm totally in and knowing that we have a legit relationship that's canon and it's not just like oh they're holding hands or they're just protective no there's many panels where they're kissing and just being loving and wholesome going out on dates honestly it's just so wonderful seeing writers and artists depict a couple without being squeamish or like trying to hide it or anything no no they treat their relationship as they would a heterosexual relationship Without any fanfare, without any, oh, hey, look at what we're doing. Yeah, we totally got a gay couple here. No, no. They show them, again, as any as they would show any other couple. And they don't just focus on them, of course. They focus on, like, their friends, their mission. But in between every moment, every fight, they're checking up on each other. They're bantering. And I gotta tell you, folks, their banter is incredible. I mean, seriously. In their panel where they're basically asking about a first date or whatever, they're just kind of going back and forth when they're, like, fighting and everything. Well, this isn't exactly how I thought the first date would go. Oh, well, how about we go out? Maybe tonight? Oh, tonight's not good for me. Uh, Me neither. I have a thing. But, you know, we could try. You know, like, in between fighting, they're just bantering back and forth. And their relationship progresses very naturally. They go flying together. In fact, when they first fly together... Wiccan is actually sort of levitating Hulkling like even though Hulkling could sort of like create his own wings as a shapeshifter Wiccan just levitates him and Hulkling trusts that he won't be dropped or that they won't crash into anything and it's really cool to see that level of trust and they weren't even really officially dating it's just really just that sort of friendship that's kind of going into crush zone from what I understand And in between, like, learning about themselves as superheroes and about young men, they somehow fall in love along the way, and they just become such an amazing pairing. Seriously, they're probably my favorite couple in the entire Marvel Universe. And I'm talking canon, by the way. Fan fiction couples are a whole nother subject. But yeah, it's just, it's nice to see a wholesome couple for once. And for those of you who might be interested in seeing, like, their relationship, then I would definitely recommend reading the Young Adventure comics. 
But if we want to talk seriously about where to start officially, I might not have the first comic where the two were introduced, but I definitely know a series where the two are prominent characters where they're talked about and we kind of delve into Wiccan's past, you know, with his mom, his twin brother, and we find out some interesting revelations about Dr. Doom and his relationship with the Scarlet Witch. It's really fascinating. This series is called Avengers, The Children's Crusade. And honestly, it's incredible. I loved it. I remember when I picked it up from the library, I was devouring that story. A quick overview. Wiccan is having a lot of anxiety and depression about his powers because they can get out of control at times. And it's something that he's doing his best to, you know, try to get a handle on. Like, he and these other younger Avengers are doing their best to contain the situation, and even though Wiccan did a lot to help, it caused a lot of collateral damage, unfortunately. So because of this anxiety, he decides he wants to seek out his mother, the Scarlet Witch, who at that point in the comics had disappeared after creating a magical wish that kind of eradicated mutants. It's Man, I gotta find that comic. But yeah, people don't think she died, people think she's disappeared. So Wiccan thinks that if she's still out there, he's going to try to find her. And Hulkling, he's just like, all right, you know what? If this is what's going to get you out of your funk, let's do it. I'm in, you know? And Wiccan's like, bruh, you can't come with me. And then Hulkling's like, no, we're going to do this together. And of course, they get help from other characters too, you know? So it becomes this whole adventure and it's really awesome. You know, I highly recommend that series. So yeah. Wholesome couple, wonderful, healthy, and it's something I kind of want to aspire to find. I want to have a partner that supports me, listens to my anxiety, and tries to help me be my best self, which is exactly what Teddy and Billy do. It's Seriously, I cannot stress how much this couple means to me. Seriously, when they first introduced Billy and WandaVision, all I can think was, Wicked! Wicked! Oh my gosh, they're bringing in Wicked! And then my second thought was, oh my gosh, I wonder if they're going to bring in Hulkling. Please do it. Oh my gosh, their relationship is so awesome. You know, so hopefully that's in our future, folks. Oh my gosh, I'm super excited. So that being said, you know, Marvel, again, I might have mentioned, like is taking sort of the baby steps to represent LGBTQ characters. And I know some characters are definitely sort of coming out as bisexual or transgender gender fluid or queer you know depending on the writer and everything and you know who knows maybe that will one day translate in the movies maybe it won't i'm pretty sure they will though just because well come on marvel we're in 2021 we can do this and i know like marketing techniques are a thing and everything but trust me when i say that you'll get a lot of respect the the day you give us an openly gay person which it sounds like you might do with the eternals seriously cannot wait for that movie can't wait to see what marvel has to offer and you know folks like one of the reasons why i mentioned before that i really wanted to do this was because i personally am someone from the lgbtq community just as a intro i suppose i've discovered that i am biromantic demisexual Now, for those of you who don't know what that is, that's okay. In theory, there are two scales. You got the romantic scale and the sexual scale. The sexual scale, of course, is about who you're sexually attracted to, whether it's the same gender, the opposite gender, 
then there's even like asexuality where you're not sexually attracted to anybody. And then you got, of course, pansexual, where I mentioned before, where you're just attracted, sexually attracted to any gender. And then on the other hand, you got the romantic scale, which kind of uh, works like the sexual scale, where, but it's not about sex. It's more about romance, about who you can have a crush on and be romantically interested in. Like, for instance, you can be, say, romantically interested in a man, but you might not want to have sex with him. Maybe just date him. You know, it's honestly, gender and sexuality, there's no right or wrong way about it. We're still learning about it. And it's kind of all over the spectrum. For me personally, I identify again as biromantic, which means I can have a crush on both men and women. I discovered this for myself. I was Oh my gosh, honestly, I didn't even realize I like girls until like in recent years. I thought I was just all into dudes. And then demisexual is actually a term I had never heard of before. But And for those who are unfamiliar, because unfortunately demisexuality, like asexuality, tends to kind of be ignored and disregarded everywhere, by the way. Like in Marvel, in literature, in movies, like I have to dig. But anyways, demisexuality is when you're only sexually attracted to someone that you have an emotional bond with. So if you've met someone and you like them, you're not going to want to have sex with them. But if you've built a relationship with them and just got to know them and got to know you, you kind of get turned on by that emotional bond. It's kind of different for everyone, but a little TMI. I learned this for myself when I was in a relationship. And I realized that even though I loved him, I wasn't sexually attracted to him at least not until we reached that emotional deep level of bonding you know that's how it worked for me personally but partially why I'm talking about this is because funny enough Marvel kind of sort of had me realize this for myself and I'll tell you I know it's gonna sound weird but you know just bear with me folks so I'm a fan fiction reader shocker and I'm one of my favorite things to read obviously is Marvel stuff. And of course, a lot of queer couples tend to catch my interest. And one of them, and one of my first ones, I should say, is Spidey Pool. It's Spider-Man, Peter Parker Spider-Man, by the way, and Deadpool, Wade Wilson. Ever since the two were paired together in comics, and, you know, they banned her, of course, people are like, it's happening, it's, oh my gosh, it's so happening. Which, uh, yeah, I was kind of swept up into that too, not gonna lie. It just, it helps that the two have such great chemistry together. And even though Peter Parker is heterosexual for as far as I'm aware, he still has, oh my God, he and Wade are hilarious together. Peter just has no time for Wade's antics, but at the same time can still trust him in like when he's in a bind, you know, they become really great friends. I highly recommend reading their series together. But anyways, I definitely like them as a romantic pairing. So one day on archiveofourown.org, I discovered this story called Winning Peter. It's a story, a fanfiction story. Unfortunately, it's incomplete. And it's by a writer named I Am the Yellow Box. Obviously a Deadpool fan for those of you who recognize that. Deadpool has the white box and the yellow box who talk to him. But anyway, so I'm reading this story, which a brief overview. Peter Parker is working in Stark Industries or Avengers Tower. It's kind of been a while. But he works there and Tony Stark is kind of his boss. And one day Deadpool happens to be walking by for like an Avenger slash superhero meeting, sees Peter Parker and he's like, 
oh my gosh, this guy is super cute. Oh my gosh, you know, and Peter's just like, okay, you know. So through that introduction, they become really good friends, even though Peter insists like, dude, I'm not gay. I think you're cool, but I'm not gay. And then initially, you know, Deadpool, he's just, you know, sexually attracted to Peter and he thinks he's adorable and everything. But eventually he catches feelings and Peter eventually starts to catch feelings too, which sends him into a total identity crisis because he's just like, oh my gosh, you know, I care about Wade so much. He's one of my best friends and I think I might like him. He's like, but I'm not gay. I've never been interested in men. I don't, I don't want to sleep with men. And even looks at like gay porn and he's just like yeah no ew he's like but i care about him so as he's going through this and as i'm reading this chapter 19 is called who am i and towards the end of the chapter peter talks to this girl he went out on a date with who he should have really liked i mean this girl and him had a really great date they connected on like that science geeky sarcastic level but just he just was thinking about Wade and was just like, why aren't I liking her? Why am I thinking about Wade? You know, so he talks to her and she actually explained that there are definitely like more than just homosexual, bisexual and heterosexual, which that's all Peter knew. He's just like, what? You know? So yeah, his date actually ends up like listing a couple of things like, like, uh, let me actually find it. So she mentions that there is such thing as romantic orientation, which I mentioned to you what that was. And she's like, yeah, it's a theory. You know, she explained it to him. And she explains that the two, two types of orientation, sexual and romantic, often are in equilibrium. So that is a heterosexual man will be romantically inclined towards woman, which makes sense. So like he'll have a crush on a woman and will want to have sex with her. That's usually the case in the majority but anyway so she started talking about different types of romantic and sexualities and i'm reading this and i'm my mind is blown i'm just like no way what is that you know oh my gosh i never knew there because like peter parker i was like yeah there's only a hetero homo and bi right only to find out no folks there's a whole lot of stuff around there and so she just goes on this list, like I said, and most of these I had to look up. I'm like, what is demisexual? What is sapiosexual? You know, and that just opened up this whole realm of possibilities for me, folks, where when I started looking it up, when I looked up demisexual specifically, I was like, huh, that kind of sounds like me. Because like at the time that I had read this, which was a couple of years ago, I I had to guess like back in 2015, 2016, maybe like sometime in college for me when I was in a relationship and like some things were bringing up questions for me. Now I'm not going to get into no TMI stuff, but I was having questions and I was wondering if there was something wrong with me because just sex is such a prominent thing in romantic relationships. I mean, we see it all the time in TV and such. There was just no other way I could think about it. But I never really thought the way that other people seem to think. So again, when I looked up demisexual, I was just like, yeah, yeah, I'm not interested either. Yeah, you know. And like at first I thought, oh, maybe, you know what, I'm just naive or maybe uh, like I'm just suppressed because I, I was for a long time, folks. 
but you know a couple things led to another and i'm like nope i'm definitely demisexual took me a long time to come to terms with that folks it really did because for a long time like i said i thought something was wrong with me but for those of you out there who are confused and questioning too there is nothing wrong with you i have to tell myself that a lot and i'm telling you now no matter who you like there's nothing wrong with it as long as you're safe happy and healthy and the other person reciprocates then there's nothing wrong with loving the same gender both genders no genders all genders seriously you are who you are and honestly love always wins so you know learning about demisexuality from a fan fiction of all things is it's kind of funny when you think about it but honestly i am so glad that i found this because who knows if i've never heard that phrase before of, of being demisexual I, I don't know maybe maybe i would assume i was just bisexual but maybe i don't know where i'd be but being identifying myself as demisexual finding another piece of the puzzle for me has just opened up my eyes and helped me explore myself a bit and it's honestly it feels like i found another part of myself so thank you i am the yellow box Seriously, you did me a huge favor. You helped me find a bit of myself, and I will always be forever grateful. So, yeah, that's my story, folks. I don't... Y'all know a lot more than I do. But I figure in the summary, I'll... Not only will I add the links that I mentioned that I would before, I'll definitely add a link to this story, specifically with that chapter that I was telling you about. And I'll also attach an article that's called I thought I always thought I was a hopeless romantic turns out I'm demisexual that kind of cleared things up for me a little bit personally and also for those of you who are just scratching their heads and thinking man uh, Jen's usually incoherent but man this time I really don't understand what she means that article will definitely clear up some things and will explain things better than I ever could so yeah thank you all so much for listening happy pride month everyone remember love is love and be nice to each other out there, folks. Even if you don't understand how another person is, that's no excuse to treat them horribly or to be rude even. Just, we all deserve love. We all feel things. And even for those who are aromantic, that is, they're not romantically inclined towards everyone, they love too. They love differently. Like, one of the things that irritates me about asexual and a aromantic stereotypes, demisexual stereotypes, is that just because we're not interested in sex means that we can't be as loving or affectionate. No, that's not true. So for those of you who have a friend or who are dating someone who says that they're aromantic, asexual, demisexual, or what have you, that does not mean their capacity for love is hindered or impaired in any way. I tell you one thing I love with all my heart. Seriously, I love all my friends, my family, I will die for them when given the chance. So yeah educate yourselves folks and thank you all so much for listening greetings listeners and welcome to my segment for pride month i'll be celebrating by staying inside and watching sapphic cartoons which is what i do every other month this june has coincided with the release of the loki tv show and the confirmation that the character is gender fluid and has had relationships with men and women. 
To some, this probably came out of nowhere, but other fans have been reading him this way for a while now. Much of this is due to a portion of the internet's obsession with the sexuality of any white male characters they deem attractive, but some of this conversation came from a more genuine place of people who really identified with or just came to read the characters queer. One of the points that is thrown around in this discussion is that Loki is gender fluid or bisexual in the comics, which I can't really speak to, or the original mythology, which I kind of can, and so I will. So is the original Loki queer, or is that an internet rumor? And how can we understand this figure's gender and sexuality in the context of a completely different culture? The first thing to note when looking at Norse mythology is that compared to other polytheistic traditions, we have limited sources. So we only get a couple of perspectives on these stories. Our main sources for Norse mythology are the prose and poetic Edda, which were written down in the middle of the Middle Ages after the Christianization of Scandinavia and the end of the Viking Age. Also, no one had better get pedantic with me about the term Viking. I know that it was technically a profession and not a people, but that is how academics refer to this period in medieval Scandinavia history, so I will too. While the Norse myths survived in some form, many of the rituals did not. We have a lot of stories about Loki, but we have no idea how he was worshipped or by whom. We don't know what he was the god of, or if he was the god of anything specific. So he's never stated to be the god of chaos or illusion in the original myths, although he spends a lot of time lying and turning into other things. Despite his prominence, he has an ambiguous relationship with the rest of the Aesir. He is somewhat unique in that he identifies himself as Laufeysen, which is his mother's name in the mythology and not his father's. He has sworn an oath to and becomes blood brothers with Odin, making him Thor's honorary uncle. There is a dark side to Loki. He is responsible for the death of Baldur, and he kills a servant because everyone likes him too much. He ends up fighting the Aesir along with his monster children during Ragnarok. However, many of his adventures are comical and involve him getting dragged around by livestock. The myth that people point to when they discuss his gender ambiguity involves him transforming into a mare to distract a magic stallion, kind of like in a Looney Tunes cartoon, but then mating with the stallion and having Odin's eight-legged horse Sleipnir. We do see Sleipnir briefly in the MCU, though there's no word on if Loki is his mother or not. But I think we should all agree that Odin can't be trusted to babysit. Loki is also said to have eaten a random evil heart and subsequently becomes pregnant and gives birth to many of the evils that plagued mankind. He has a wife in the mythology and many other children, but no male love interests. So is he queer in the mythology? I'm not sure. On the one hand, he turns into a female animal and turning into animals is just something that happens a lot in Norse myths. But in the context of an aggressively macho Viking society, this kind of gender bending stands out. Maybe we can better answer this question if we look at how people in medieval Scandinavia understood gender and sexuality. Viking culture placed a great deal of emphasis on masculinity. Of course, every culture has different ideas of what constitutes manliness. 
poetry, and caring a lot about your hair and personal appearance are deemed feminine in modern society, but these were noted as very important to Viking men by foreigners who encountered them. Although there was a lot more to Nordic culture than just fighting, the masculine trait they emphasized was martial courage and prowess in battle. This was valued in women as well. The sagas have always had stories of female warriors and women who took up arms in vengeance or self-defense. For a long time, historians dismissed these accounts, along with Arabic sources describing women in combat, as fantasy. Archaeologists also automatically assumed that any grave containing weapons or remains with war wounds were male. Modern DNA testing is starting to show that these shield maidens were real after all. It's almost like contemporary people make assumptions about the past based on their own biases. While women who behaved like men were celebrated, what about men who behaved like women? Well, this kind of gender nonconformity was seen in a very negative light. Same-sex relations between men were taboo, and I haven't been able to find any references to queer women. Men cross-dressing or engaging in women's magic, known as sedir, was frowned upon. Which makes it very interesting to me that Thor, the manliest manly man of all the gods, dresses up as a woman in a wacky scheme to get Mjolnir back. Loki himself claims that Odin cross-dresses, as well as practices Sevir. He also accuses him of an offense that can be translated a couple of different ways, but heavily implies homosexuality. Now, Loki may be an unreliable narrator, but outside of the sagas, this kind of female magical practice was heavily associated with Odin. This makes sense since Odin is a god of wisdom, but I think it's very interesting that one of the greatest gods in the Norse pantheon engages in these highly stigmatized gendered behaviors. It's also interesting to me that this aspect of Odin has been so under-discussed compared to Loki's antics. Why is it that there are so many questions surrounding Loki's sexuality and gender identity specifically, and not Odin? Is it that our society is quick to see deception and queerness as related? I've seen more articles and YouTube videos about Odin being Santa than Odin maybe sleeping with guys and doing lady magic. Popular portrayals of Odin seem to want to fit him into the mold of patriarchal sky god archetype that is more like how some people think of Zeus or the Abrahamic god. In the MCU, Odin is pretty conventionally masculine, more associated with ruling than wisdom, and magic is the sole domain of Frigga, who passes it on to Loki. But these are just one version of the characters. Marvel doesn't own them. As cultures change, so does mythology. The original Loki and Thor and Odin may only be partly visible to us through the fog of ages, but the real versions of these figures are whoever you want them to be. So what is the takeaway here? Loki M. Pregfic is hundreds of years old and Odin is a gay witch. Happy Pride, everyone! Everybody, I am your host, Bridget, pronouns she, her, hers. I am so excited to be doing this segment for Pride Month with y'all. Uh, so I'm going to start off my segment with some creators on the fan base side of Marvel. So amazing fan artists that I follow on Instagram who um, either identify as queer um, or post uh, you know, content of MCU characters uh, who they either headcanon as queer or are canonically queer. 
as the case may be. Um, they're really cool, all their work, so you should definitely check them out. I'll start off with Brianna Cherry Garcia on Instagram. So this person does amazing, beautiful art. Um, a lot of it is Loki-focused for the present moment, which is, you know, probably pretty obvious, right? I mean, Loki's the big thing right now. But yeah, lots of Thor and Loki stuff, as well as some Disney content on, on the Instagram, on Brianna's Instagram. Uh, but also, this person does really amazing cosplay, um, and I will link both uh, both the art Instagram and the cosplay Instagram. Not as much Marvel cosplay um, from from Brianna, but uh, lots of Disney. And you also see really really cute couple photos of Brianna and uh, their partner, and it's just it's just super cute, and they both look amazing. And I just like I'm like I wish I could be you. Your amazing cosplay is just like so on point all the time. And, you know, it makes you ship characters you didn't think uh, you would ship. A anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, they, they do some really cool stuff on Instagram. You should definitely follow for uh, cosplay and for fan art uh, related to Marvel. Uh, next up, I have... I'm not sure how to pronounce this, but uh, still Lindigo. Uh, S-T-I-L underscore L-I-N-D-I-G-O. So this person um, more recently on their Instagram has been posting about the Comfy Cartel, which um, if anyone is into Among Us and watching streamers play Among Us, that's like Corpse Husband and Valkyrie and Zykuno. Really fun comic, um, not Marvel related. Um, the there is I meant, but I mentioned this person because they were working on a Marvel comic for a while. It was actually based on. It's a Marvel-inspired comic that follows the story of Morgan Stark. It's by it's by the name Pulse Pulse Comic um, Pulse underscore Comic on Instagram. So it was it was a really fun series. Unfortunately, it's, it is on a permanent hiatus, but I would say it is still worth checking out. Um, it's really cool to first of all to see the lovely artwork, but it's also really great storytelling. Lots of great fleshed-out characters. Um, not just you know you know Morgan Stark, but like you know the characters that you're familiar with um steve and bucky if you are stucky shippers rejoice um it, as far as the pulse au comic goes they are together um as well as any clintosser shippers they can also rejoice about that but the main focus is on morgan stark and there's really great fleshed out characters you know the ones we're familiar with but also new original characters who you know are morgan's friends at school um, there's a really, really, really cute, like really, really cute romance between two of her friends. You'll know who I'm talking about, but uh, when you, if you actually check it out, and you should actually check it out. <laughs> but anyways, so romance between the two girls is just really lovely because one of them is super like, kind of cold and reserved, but not like in a mean way, you know, just very composed. And then the other one is just like a bright spot of sunshine, and you just can't help but ship them. <laughs> And also Morgan has a little thing with her best friend and her and Charlie are just like, ooh. Anyways, it's lots of intrigue. It's beautiful artwork, like I said. And I really like the way that, you know, the way that this artist put sort of a spin on, on the character. And even though, um, you know, Lindigo has decided to pursue other projects, you know, their own original work, which I think is totally great. Um, if you are into Marvel and you're into like, seeing like next generation seeing different kind of storytelling possibilities you know if you're into like fan fiction basically brought to you vivid life by beautiful artwork and wonderful storytelling the pulse comic is definitely for you and i will link that as well so you can also you can follow uh still lindigo uh on instagram you could also follow a separate instagram that has all the artwork from the pulse comic 
Um, so I'll be linking those both in the episode description, so no worries. Uh, the last person I want to highlight real quick is Crub Draws on Instagram. So they they post like a mix of stuff. Um, so it's it's various fandoms that they post about, but the Marvel related content is really hilarious and really adorable comics featuring uh, Tony and uh, Steve as a couple. So the Stony ship shippers can rejoice, and also Sam and Bucky, really cute, re- really gay comics featuring the two of them. Um, so if you're into either of those two ships, I'm into the Sam Bucky ship myself, or as we like to say in the podcast, the Sucky ship. Yeah, that's definitely an Instagram you should hit up. You will laugh so hard. <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, but also really, really cool work. And yeah, so you should definitely check them out. Crub Draws on Instagram. Again, I will link in the episode description. Yes. Okay, so that's it for um, Instagrammers. Uh, as for comics, I unfortunately don't have as much to recommend. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing what everybody else says in this podcast so I can add to my reading list. But one I've already mentioned in our uh, Black History Month feature, but World of Wakanda by Roxanne Gay. Um, If you are into Wakanda, into Black Panther, into Black lesbian romance, this is the comic for you. Very entertaining. All the drama, all the love. It's all there right for you. Um, So that, you should definitely check it out as well. And I would also recommend, well, actually I don't know if I can technically recommend it because it's not officially coming out until june 30th but it is the united states of captain america uh, series that is coming out again debuting on june 30th so to give a little synopsis on it the shield has been stolen no one understands the value of the shield like those who've wielded it so steve rogers and sam wilson set out on a road trip across america to chase down the thief but instead they find the captains everyday people from all walks of life who've taken up the mantle of captain america to defend their communities and for some reason the shield thief wants them all dead can sam and steve get to them first christopher cantwell and and dale eaglesham lead a can't miss miniseries to celebrate captain america's 80th anniversary joined by a rotating series of creative teams to tell the stories of each new captain starting with aaron fisher the captain america of the railways brought to life by uh, josh Trujillo and Jan Bazaldua. And I apologize if I goofed up anyone's names there. But I'm really excited for this comic. Um, I've seen uh, Josh Trujillo uh, on a panel recently talking about like graphic novels. And, uh, you know, Josh was talking about, you know, the importance of this story that he gets to tell because Aaron Fisher is the first openly gay Captain America. I believe the first one. Anyone correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, yes, yeah, so... Um, I will link in our description a link from a link that will take you to an article so you can see a preview of the comic in case you're listening to this before um, it actually comes out or before you, a chance you can you can buy it. But in the preview, Fisher, who is openly gay, investigates the disappearances of unhoused kids having been inspired by the heroics of Captain America. In the press release to the book, Drew described Fisher as having been inspired by heroes of the queer community, activists, leaders, and everyday folks pushing for a better life. He stands for the oppressed and the forgotten. I hope his debut story resonates with readers and helps inspire the next generation of heroes. So I don't know about y'all, but I'm I'm intrigued. Um, And I hope that, well, it'll be a, you know, I think it's a really important story to tell um, in terms of, you know, a lot of LGBTQ youth are unhoused because they've been kicked out by their families or, you know, various other reasons. So it is like a real live issue. And I really appreciate 
getting to see that in the forefront of a story from Marvel. And I hope we'll be able to get more of that story. So anyways, I'm looking forward to checking that out. Y'all should too. And definitely uh, follow the creators. Um, so the, the, this first story about Aaron Fisher again is written by Josh Trujillo and um, drawn by Jan, uh, Jan Bazaldua, who is a trans woman, by the way. So definitely follow them, support their work. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, that's all I have for our Pride Month segment for, for today. But I uh, hope you enjoyed and hope you can check out and support all these awesome people doing all this awesome work to shed light on the LGBTQ plus community. You know, it is a long time coming. <laughs> I know that it means so much to so many people and especially on the heels of, you know, Loki being confirmed as queer in the MCU and, you know, being kind of the first one, which if you guys have been, if all of you have been listening to us talking on the podcast, you know, there's some mixed feelings about, you know, what does queer representation mean and, you know, how it's like Loki so far is the only one. And, you know, that's lots of things there. And, you know, I won't go into the history right now, but it is exciting to see those doorways open up for those, you know, stories and for the storytellers, you know, I mean, Kate Heron herself, was so excited to introduce Loki as bisexual since Kate, Kate identifies as bisexual. So being able to see, you know, more people, you know, being able to, to tell the stories, you know, on their own terms uh, and bring in, you know, diverse perspectives, um, not only from an LGBTQ plus lens, but other lenses as well. So really cool, really amazing stuff. Anyways, so I'll link everything you need. So fear not. And uh, well, we'll see you next time on Nerd Alert, girls. 